This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to the Give Them Lala podcast. I am a little over a week post-op, and I'm feeling myself. How's your body feeling? Are you sore? Well, they did a lot of work on the left boob. Right. Like put some sort of mesh hammock in mm-hmm. and apparently my implant had like fallen super far over so they did a lot of reconstruction over there on like the inside of the boob yeah and the ear was the easiest everyone kept telling me the ear is going to be so painful it's one of the most excruciating surgeries like cosmetic surgeries you can have mm-hmm. and it's been a breeze so thank you but by the way the boobs have been a breeze too and they look incredible so mm-hmm. thank you to dr lakey and dr daniel Port because i feel like a hot motherfucker people thought i think people enjoyed the video of you <laughs> right out of anesthesia <laughs> <laughs> i sure enjoyed it <laughs> i love that you did that and what's so funny is that i was still thinking about like i went into surgery having these concerns yeah like i was so concerned i was gonna fart <laughs> Dr. Lakey and Dr. Daniel Poor are very hot, you know, like they're super hot. Yeah. And I was like, I, I can't rip ass in front of these, in front of, you know, like I just can't. Yes. So I was very concerned about that. And the second I was like coherent, mm-hmm. I don't remember anything that I said, but it was funny to see that I was still concerned about those things. Yeah. And I got consent from that, like the day before, I think Lala mentioned, I Lala mentioned it would be funny to take a video on the day before. I mentioned it a while ago. Yeah. And then I was. You have to record it. Yes, exactly. And then I was like, tomorrow, can I, no matter what, can I record when I walk in? And you went, you have to. The thing is, is, (laughs) yes, record it. Yeah. If it was mortifying, I don't need to share it. Yeah. But it was amazing. So I put it on my page. (laughs) It was great. So many people were supportive of my decision. Mm -hmm. It's still so crazy to me when people say, you were so beautiful, natural. I'm like, my tits have always been fake. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Right. When was your first, when did you first get them done? 20. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was due, I was due for an upgrade. And then with Ocean, mm-hmm. they were just like sad little, like half inflated water balloons. Right. Like, <laughs> nerd. So yeah, I got them done. And I also, there was one person that was like, boys don't like big boobs. I was like, I didn't fucking do this for boys. Who asked the boys' wrong, opinions? Wrong audience. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that you said wrong audience. Who, like, who cares? Speaking of boys. So okay. there was one hot guy that we were talking about that I met on tour, right? Yes. So he, like, sent me a couple dick pics. And I, like, let it slide. I didn't acknowledge them. Okay. I just, like, pretended like it didn't happen. He didn't acknowledge them either. Talk, 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 whatever. A few nights ago, I, he, you know, I wake up the next morning and he has sent me another one. A third one. A a third dick pic. My God. But what he said following the dick pic Mm -hmm. warranted an immediate block. He said, I can't wait to see how far you can put this in your mouth. (laughs) 
first of all, it was huge. So you're going to be very disappointed <laughs> if it ever entered my mouth, which it never fucking would. Yeah. Like, you, what do you mean you can't wait? Right. You're not getting that from me, you weirdo. I don't even know you. Unsolicited dick pic. What is this? 2005? It's so... And by the way, if you ever want to become something in life, and let's Mm -hmm. just say in the small percent chance you do, which meaning become something in the public eye, which is what he wants to do, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of cleanup to do, dude. Yeah. You've met me one time. And you didn't ask for it, right? No. Of course. Yeah. No, I'm just checking because like... And I didn't mean 2005. It'd be more like 2010. But he just sent it like willy nilly, not even nothing. (laughs) And you didn't even hint that you wanted to see it. And then he sent it over. That's wild to me. People still do that. If you're a man listening to this, don't do that. Don't do it. And certainly don't say that you can't wait to see how far that someone can fit it in their mouth. Because number one, I'm offended. Number two, I'm grossed out. Number three... And my mom said, well, what did you say? Yes, I told my mom about it. Mm-hmm. She was like, how did you respond? And I was like, he he doesn't get a response from me. I just blocked him. Yeah. I, I don't like want to see it. And with that, what you just said, like, while you're talking this way, mm-hmm. I'm dealing with like a sick daughter. Yeah. I'm rubbing calamine lotion all over her body because she has a rash. Right. While you're sending me dick pics talking about it being in my mouth like i'm a 31 year old grown-ass woman mm-hmm. who's a mother show a little fucking respect love that would you it, like a man to be sending your mother messages like that yeah no you would want to uh punch them in the face yeah so don't send me shit like that yeah someone's mom i'm someone's kid have a little fucking respect so you blocked him i blocked him so you guys are just in two different spaces <laughs> in your life i mean my god I was not having also you letting him or allowing him grace to like send him send it twice hello did you not get the hint when she didn't respond and pretended like business as usual I'm not going to respond to that yeah but there we go there were just more red flags yeah and then there was another guy who I was into he was like totally normal and then he told me he was like sorry I, I went to a strip club last night and I was like man there we go I don't mm. need I don't need whoever I'm talking to to be going to strip clubs either. Right. Is I, that a deal breaker nowadays? Yeah. yeah. Them like going to strip clubs, enjoying strip clubs. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not judging you if you go to a strip club. Go to a strip club. Mm-hmm. I used to love the strip clubs. I'm not there in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And I want to be compatible with my partner. Yeah. So I'm not saying don't go to a strip club. I'm just saying you're we're not on the same page. Right. We're not compatible. You don't have to settle. No. You don't have to be like, Ugh, I mean, he's so great, but he does this. So I, I guess maybe I'll get like, no, you don't have to. You don't no. have to settle for anyone. So that's that's like, I think that's great. Bye. I want to <laughs> live in the light. Yeah. I have a sweet little girl. You know. And I, which is so funny because I, on other podcasts, I'm like, if she decides to be a stripper, I'll be her <laughs> highest paying customer. But that's different. That's supporting your child. Oh. That's not... I just want her to always feel loved and safe. And I want to create an environment for her that's just like so light and breezy. And yeah, you know, she may be a dancer. I'm not saying a stripper, but I mean, she loves to dance. She loves dancing. (laughs) She gets down. Yes. So whoever is going, whoever is going to be a man who comes into my life, who has the luxury of meeting my daughter one day. Is not going to be going to strip clubs. And they're mm-hmm. certainly not going to be sending dick pics to people. Okay? Yep. Like. Yeah. 
I don't need my I don't need that and my daughter doesn't need to be around that type of yeah. energy at all. Yes. Goodbye. 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 Nobody needs a dick pic. So that's what I that's what I was doing. I was uh laying in bed nursing nursing my my wounds, mm-hmm. getting dick pics and hearing <laughs> people go to strip clubs and I, you know, have come out of my my uh surgery coma. Mm-hmm. Because I tend when I have any type of surgery or I'm sick, I'm like, take care of me. <laughs> but you know, you, you're I, supposed to be. Like, like yeah. I, I fucking nurse it, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how, I mean, that's how I am with a cold. Oh, yeah. To Kyle. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're fake coughing. I'm like, no, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, Lisa fucking wanted to clean out the fridge. Yeah. And I was like, I can't lift anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not helping. And she like looked at me like, do you ever help me do anything? But then she dropped glass onto yeah. the ground and it shattered. And I was like, mother fuck, why did you have to do this tonight? Now yeah. there's shards of glass everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was late. And I told her, I reiterated, I'm not helping. Yeah. I'm wounded. I'm not helping you. Yeah. And she then again, <laughs> she said to me, you never help. <laughs> Even when you're not wounded, you don't help. I'm not shocked by you not helping me. Right. But number one, Lala was told she can't lift anything, you guys. So it's not like she's just like, I'm not lifting anything. No, but I'm not helping. But even my even my friends know. Yeah. Even my friends know when we filmed Vanderpump Rules and Mm -hmm. they're like, everyone has a part in doing this. I say, I'm not helping. Yeah. Tell me how much I can pay. I'll write you a check. I'll right. do some Venmo. I'll have something wired. <laughs> I am not helping. I don't and like you, it. And you've lived a long enough <laughs> life to decide that for your life. And yes. I'm glad. I think that's great. You have that freedom. I'm not helping. I'm not lifting a finger. <laughs> no. Also, Lisa's so active. If you were to help her, you would be moving around 24 7. No, you guys like, me the mo- It makes me tired. I come into the office every weekend and it's been like, cleaned and organized i should be doing that but like lisa does it. she cleans for the housekeeper yeah <laughs> she's just like constantly organizing cleaning putting stuff away i mean it's amazing it is amazing but it's no exhausting. she's a five-star bitch yeah every single night i'm like you're the best mom ever she really is the best mom in jeech but you know what i once i get older into that zone and like ocean is then my age or whatever mm-hmm. i think i would help her out it's like I'll clean your house for you. Like, you just, like, mm-hmm. tap into that zone. But then again, who knows? Yeah. I'm 31, and I'm still, like, I'm not fucking helping. <laughs> I refuse. Yeah. So that is my, you know, recovery story and dick pic stories and all the people that I'm cutting out of my life due to stupid things that they do. But how funny that today we have Jamie Lynn, mm-hmm. who is friends with Sheena. She used to be the co-host on her podcast. She's a vegan. Mm-hmm. We're just giving up meat in all aspects. <laughs> we don't want your fucking sausage pictures. No dick pics. We're just giving up meat in every aspect of the word. No meat 2022. No. <laughs> Is that the mantra? That's the mantra. No meat 2020. <laughs> <laughs> no meat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the dick pics got me discombobulated. Okay, well, with that being said, I thought I 
<laughs> it was like I was a record that had a scratch on it. <laughs> Do you remember I... those CDs? And if it was scratched, yes. It, 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 it. yes. Oh All right. God. Anyway, when we come back, we have, we have Jamie Lynn, the vegan. <laughs> Zero dollar delivery fees. I bet that made you listen. Yes, I said $0 delivery fees. That's what you get when you dash pass by DoorDash. And if you don't know what Dash Pass is, I'm about to change your world. Dash Pass is an exclusive membership that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts. Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get food from your favorite restaurants or groceries or whatever else you need delivered right to your front door. DashPass basically pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for just $9.99 per month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass, $0 delivery fees, and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Give Them Lala is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off of your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com GTL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P slash GTL. We are back with a woman that you guys went insane over because I asked... Who should I get on the podcast? It's a vegan. And you guys all were screaming at me. Jamie Lynn, get her on. Well, I have her. Hi, babe. Hi. I'm honored. I'm absolutely honored. No, every single person was like, you have to have her. I'm not kidding. Seriously? Yes. (laughs) I was like, I know her. Yes, done. So I was reading over, obviously, I know you. I know you through Sheena. I know that you're a vegan. I know you're a single mama, but I was reading over your bio and and before we dive into you know being a vegan and all of those things i really have to say we you and i have had our little bumps in the road right yeah. we always come back from it we're resilient i am so impressed and i learned so much about you reading this bio Aww. and i i'm like honest to god i'm shocked and you should be extremely proud. Thank you so much. That is so kind. And I kind of want to return that back to you because as you mentioned, we have had our little bumps in the road, (laughs) but through that process, I kind of knew about you along the way. And I know that you and I have a lot in common. We both lost our dads and now we're single moms and 
even at the time in which you became a single mom, I believe Ocean was around seven months old, which is exactly the time I became a single mom. So when I heard this happening to you, I was like, fuck all that stupid drama that has happened in the past. I need to reach out to you because although friends are amazing and supportive, unless someone has actually been through what you're going through, they don't really know how it feels. They don't know what to say. They, they don't know how to be. And I'm sure your friends were amazingly supportive, but I just wanted to let you know, there's someone out there who, you know, that has been through it, a similar situation. And I just wanted to give you, you know, recognition and support and watching you grow from then to now and being at your Irvine show. I had tears in my eyes because I'm just so proud of you and where you have come and, and how you have grown and you are such an inspiration to everybody. And I'm going to cry now. I'm so emo. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm emo too. And I, I'm glad you're a crier because I am the biggest crier. So you're in fantastic company and don't worry, we will be shedding tears. But um, yeah, it was, uh, I read that you became a single mom when your daughter was seven months and that was literally exactly when it happened to me. And I, I don't think you realize how much it meant to me when you reached out to me, because like you said, there, there are many people who can be support systems, but when you find someone who, who gets it and who's been through it and like knows that it's like, it's intense, um, that really meant a lot to me. So thank you very much. You're very, very welcome. And if you were here, I would hug you right now. I want to give you a hug. <laughs> I would, I would take you up on that. First, I want to start with you becoming a vegetarian at such a young age while you were watching Charlotte's Web. Like, I I want to know what that was like for you, because at the age of six, I mean, kids are worried about playing with Barbies. They're certainly not thinking about, you know, eating or not eating animals. So please tell me this conversation you had with your dad. Absolutely. It was, I mean, looking back now, who would have thought that that night would have been so fateful and I would actually be here with you speaking about it right now, but I had just finished watching Will, um, Charlotte's Web and I fell in love with Wilbur the pig and it just so happened that that night my dad was making ham and I connected the dots at that age. It finally, like it was a light bulb moment. I was like, wait a minute, that pig that is being cooked for my dinner was Wilbur and I just loved Wilbur and obviously cartoons humanize animals, you know, and we fall in love with them. And, and I fell in love with Wilbur. And I was like, I don't want to eat Wilbur. And I said to my dad, I was like, that's Wilbur, we can't eat him. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad just very, you know, kind of like, almost sarcastically said to me, he's like, well, then become a vegetarian, don't be a hypocrite. And it was funny, because at age six, I knew what the word hypocrite meant, but I didn't know what a vegetarian was. So I said, well, what's a vegetarian? And he says, it means you don't eat meat. And I said, okay, I'll do that. And he laughed and he's like, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, I can. And ironically, although he was the one that said I couldn't do it, had it not been for him, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Because from that moment on, my family was so supportive and he made a separate dinner every single night for me that was vegetarian. And any other six-year-old who did not have a supportive family like that, they would just be out of luck. They'd be like, this is what you're eating tonight and shut up and eat it. But he went out of his way every single night to make me something vegetarian. 
Wow, your dad is a special, special man. I feel like had I been in that zone of wanting to be a vegetarian at the age of six, I think my dad would have done the same thing. So we're really lucky. That it that is so sweet. And like, did he because when you think about being a vegetarian, I think so many people are like, well, then where am I going to get my protein from? Or what's the replacement? Like, did he know? Did he do research? Did you, did you know? I mean, what was, what were you eating? It was funny. Cause I mean, this is North Jersey. I'm in an Italian family. Oh shit. We're eating, you know, it's hard. <laughs> yes. I, I wasn't in Los Angeles, you know, and I obviously was the only one in my school who was a vegetarian and it was kind of new for everyone in my school, for anyone in my family, in my friend group. And I remember my parents taking me to my family doctor to talk about nutrition, which is kind of silly looking back on it because doctors don't really know much about nutrition. Yeah. So fortunately though, my family doctor handed us two books and he was very supportive. He's like, you need to read these so you can understand how your nutrition is going to work. So I remember at that age reading these two books on vegetarianism and, and not eating meat. And I think my parents did the best that they could. Um, I've, you know, I've heard other situations where family is just so not supportive and they'll make kids feel bad. And there's a whole other aspect of that too, where it's like parents think that they're raising their children to be the best people possible and give them the best morals possible. So when a child says, Hey, what you've been feeding me goes against my morals, that could kind of be an insult to them in a way. Like you have not like kind of like straying from what your parents ingrained in you. And a lot of parents might take that as an insult. But fortunately, my parents, like I said, were so supportive. I would never think of it that way. I would not. You're you're absolutely right. I'm sure that that because it is a moral thing. Yeah. For me, it was. And for a lot of course. Yeah. All because of Wilbur. Because I want to get like a Wilbur tattoo somewhere (laughs) or like Charlotte and Wilbur. I feel like you have to. I think I need to. Yeah. So you're full. You're full vegan. You're like a, a. I am now. What? How old were you when you decided that that was what was going to start happening? I wish I knew the date, and I wish I wrote it down. And it's so funny because I can kind of tell time by Sheena's boyfriends, and it was. <laughs> so I have to ask Sheena when I became a vegan, but it was at the time that her and Adam had their last discussion on a rooftop where Adam lived, and I okay. met her at it was at Hugo's down on Santa Monica Boulevard, and we had lunch right after. And she was telling me how the conversation went. And I remember ordering my salad and it came with like this avocado ranch dressing. And I remember I said to the lady, I'm like, oh, wait, I can't have that. I'm, I'm vegan now. And she, you know, like cracked it up. She's like, that's such an overheard LA thing to say. Oh, wait, I forgot. I'm vegan. Right. But it was right. Around that time, whenever the Adam era was, is when I became a vegan. Oh, my God. I love that you gauge things based <laughs> off Sheena's boyfriends. That is amazing. When people talk about being a vegan, because it it sounds amazing, like Beyonce has done it. Like, it's like, okay, if Beyonce can do it and still look fabulous and she's not withering away and she still has all the energy in the world, then we all can do it, right? But I feel like being a vegan can get expensive. What do you recommend when somebody says, like, I want to be a vegan, but I don't know how to go about it? How do we ease ourselves into it? That's a really good question because we can sit here and talk about the whys all day, but until we start talking about the how, it's not practical, you know? Right. 
admittedly, prior to the Adam era of me becoming vegan and sticking with it for life, I had dabbled in it years before when I was pregnant with Ivy. In fact, I was vegan for the first four months and then quit. So it doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean any, you know, vegans don't think we're perfect. And it's all about trying, at least I believe it's not about being militant. It's about making changes that you can stick with. And it doesn't mean you have to go cold turkey, forgive the pun, but, um, you know, just swapping out dairy butter for like smart balance or like earth balance, which is what okay. I mean. And you can't even tell the difference, you know, or like swapping out your milk for almond milk or oat milk or soy milk, or when you're at Starbucks ordering an oat milk latte instead of a whole milk latte. And it's making these little changes over time. As far as the expense, you're absolutely right. You know, people have lumped veganism these days into this wellness and this aspirational, like someone shopping at Erewhon or Whole Foods. And it's like, yes, if you go that route, there are very expensive vegan items because people are taking advantage of that right now. However, if you look at Whole Foods, most of the foods in the world are vegan. There's what, three, four animals that we eat? Right. Everything else is vegan. And it's so funny when someone's like, oh, I've never had vegan food. I'm like, you've never had a French fry? You've never had an apple? Like most of the food is vegan. So just kind of breaking down, I guess, this stereotype or the stigma that it's expensive. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. I love that. What you just said about most of the things that I eat are completely vegan. <laughs> so it's about coming up with the replacements. Like I love my almond milk. That's my replacement for dairy. And I didn't even realize it. I just like almond milk better. There you go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So if someone were to like go to a restaurant and they on the menu see like salmon, right? They want salmon. It has like the vegetables. It has like your, your carb or whatever. What in that moment would you say to replace the salmon with? I mean, it depends where you're eating and what the options are. Fortunately, you and I live in LA and the options are limitless. I feel like. Totally. And we are very fortunate someone in the middle of the country or down south, I've had such trouble traveling. It's, it's harder to seek it out. And I think we need to acknowledge that. And it's not an easy thing. Being vegan is not easy. It's easy for me because I live in Southern California, you know, and I have access to all of these places where I can buy all of my food and all of these restaurants that serve vegan alternatives. But 
it's hard for me to answer that question because I don't, I don't know what alternatives at that particular restaurant. You're right. We are lucky that we live in Southern California and everyone and their dog is a vegan. Like literally I've met vegan dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Real thing. (laughs) What could we have to replace something like a steak or salmon or a cheeseburger? Like what just like, obviously there are some people that are like, I'm craving a cheeseburger, but there's obviously something. There's a reason why you're craving it. I believe you know, it's just like when I my body knows like I want water, like I my body needs water at that moment. So when I think about certain cravings, it's like your body is needing protein. Like what what would you like? What is the protein you get that maybe meat would also give you? But you're a vegan. Well, let's take it a step back and discuss protein for a second. So it, it's a big myth that we need to get our protein from animals because where are those animals getting the protein from? they're eating it and they're eating plants. And the animal is actually the middleman. So it's a very dirty way of getting that same protein that you can go direct to the source. There's protein in vegetables, there's protein in peas, beans, everything. So we don't, we definitely don't need to get our protein from animals. And that's just been this myth that's perpetuated by, you know, the meat industry, dairy industry, all of that. So once we are aware of that and that we don't need as even, we don't even need as much protein as we're being told that we need, but I go straight to the source for my protein. So I'll have plant protein. So in the morning I'll have a smoothie with plant protein instead of whey protein, which is horrible for you. Really? Whey protein is horrible for you. Oh yes. So you're talking about cravings and you know, one of the reasons why we may crave say cheese, people are like, Oh, I can't give up my cheese. So if we want to get into the dairy industry, which is just probably the most torturous out of all of them, which I was very ignorant to because I was a vegetarian and I thought I was reducing harm, which I was, but not to the fullest extent. And when I learned what happened in the dairy industry, it's as a mom, even it's just so heartbreaking because these cows, they're slaves. They are forcibly impregnated. Cows have to carry a baby for nine months. Cows don't produce milk. They produce milk because they were raped and they were impregnated. Okay, so now they're pregnant for nine months with this baby. The moment they have their baby, it's stripped away from them. Cows cry. Cows, you can hear them like pining out in pain for their baby. I've seen videos of cows, mother cows chasing after their newborn baby who's being wheeled away in a wheelbarrow. And what's going to happen to that baby is if it's a male... It's shot in the head, like the first moments it can walk. And if it's female, she's put into that same slavery system that the mother was. And then ultimately those dairy cows are killed when they're, when their milk production goes down, they're killed. So that life is so sad to me. And then on top of it, the reason why we're so addicted to cheese is because the milk that we're stealing that's intended for her baby, there is cassian in it, which is an addictive substance to make the calf drink it. It's to help that calf get nourishment and want to keep drinking from its mother. So now that is so concentrated when it's turned, when that milk is turned into its cheese form that we as humans are literally becoming addicted to it in the way that was meant for the calf. I'm beyond shocked right now and how I did not know that that process was that torturous. I knew that I knew that cows 
were like very maternal and into their babies. And you see when they're a cow is released back into their like little farm setting, they're like jumping around. Whoa. I often get into Instagram wars with people and I try not to. No, I love when I love when you get into them. I love it. I love it. It reminds me of me when I talk to people about SeaWorld because I turn into a mega troll with SeaWorld. Very similar. And thank you for the work that you and the attention that you have brought to all of that. But yeah, I recently got into a fight with someone about it because I was saying these animals are slaves. Like the entitlement of us humans to think that animals are put here for our entertainment or for us to consume when we don't need to, when we have other choices. And I said, you know, these animals are slaves. And someone got so mad at me for comparing it to slavery. But then that brings up a whole other subject of speciesism. Okay. So it's like, it's okay for us to do this to a cow, but what if I put you in there and I impregnated you and stole your baby and stole your milk? That is so illegal. That is so atrocious, but it's because we think we're so much better than these animals or we're worth so much more than they are just because we're human. But why? Why? Why is my life worth more than that cow or that baby calf that's getting shot in the head? And then even you could take speciesism, speciesism even further and look at your dog. Would you want those things happening to your dog? It would break your heart. Absolutely. Why is that dog different? And there, there are things that we eat in the United States that, you know, those are like treasured animals that they would never in their life, you know, be eating a cow. So no, you're 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 making all the sense in the world, and I'm totally on your same page, especially. And I think when you can can bring someone's dog into it, because it's ultimately the same thing. We're talking about animals, right? It becomes a topic that is relatable for more people. Yeah, there's a whole brainwashing. There's a cognitive dissonance happening where we can look at our dogs and think that they're the best thing ever, and we love them so much, and we can recognize that they all have separate personalities. If you've had more than one dog in your life, you know, they all have different personalities. They have, they like certain things. They dislike certain things. And we can understand that for these dogs or these cats, but guess what? This pig is smarter than your dog. It's as smart as a three-year-old human. Imagine doing this to a three-year-old baby, the things that we do to these pigs, that's how much they can comprehend what's happening to them. And yet, you know, we give all of this worth to these dogs and cats But because we have this cognitive dissonance to the farm animals, we think it's okay to do that to them. And, and it's nobody's fault that thinks this, you know, if this isn't a situation where I'm judging people, I just want to educate, like you just said, you had no idea that that happens in the dairy industry. Do you know what happens in the egg industry? Do you know what happens to the male chicks? No. Can you tell us? Well, in the egg industry, when the baby chicks are born, if they're male, they are put on a conveyor belt and thrown into a wood chipper. Their first day of, first moments of being alive, they are crushed in a wood chipper or they're put in a plastic bag, put in the trash to suffocate as if they have zero worth. And that is the expense of eating an egg. It's like, I always, you know, envision like, think of a blender. Anytime you want to eat an egg, think of a blender. Would you throw a male baby chicken there? No, Turn it on to eat your egg. Never. That's what's happening. That's what we're paying people to do for us, but we don't want to see it. And it's like, as long as people don't know what's happening, I can't fault them. And all I want to do is educate on what actually is happening. And from there, you do what you want. And I will respect someone who says, you know what? I've watched 
all the slaughterhouse footage. I've seen everything that happens. I, I just don't think animals are worthless. I think I'm worth more and I, I'm entitled to this food. Fine. As long as you know what's happening, that's your choice. And it's your pers- that's your decision. But my whole thing is I'm not going to try to change somebody's mind who is, is that type of person. Right. All I want to do is just educate someone who may not know and be like, I had no idea I'm going to change this, this, and that. Or, or I had no idea I need to research this more for myself. That is what I love doing. I also want to get into, you said you're, it was time to put your money where your mouth was. And that's when you invested in Sugar Taco, which is a vegan restaurant. It's, it's in LA, right? Do we have them anywhere else? I've only eaten it in LA. Yeah, we have two locations. One is in the Valley in Sherman Oaks on Ventura Boulevard. And another one is on Melrose, just off of La Brea. And we are in process of opening our third in Long Beach. And what is really exciting is I am now in charge of our food retail. And I currently have a freezer stocked with testing types of our protein so that we can understand how to ship them. And we're going to be shipping nationwide. So no matter wow. where, yeah, no matter where anyone lives, soon they will be able to have sugar taco. But we're also opening LA's first vegan butcher deli sandwich shop. And we will be shipping all of those vegan meats and cheeses and macaroni and cheese and all those good things. Cookies. We're going to be shipping those nationwide as well. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm thrilled to hear this. And by the way, Sugar Taco is fantastic. Thank you. Like we had it, I think for Brock's birthday party. Yes. And it was phenomenal. You would have never known that you weren't going savage on pork or whatever it was that I was eating. He fed it to like his Aussie friends and he didn't tell them it was vegan and they had no idea. And they were like, oh man, those burritos were so good. They're the best burritos I've ever had. I was like, they're vegan. They're like, what? No, no, I know. <laughs> well, for the longest time, I didn't realize that Sugar Taco was a vegan spot. Really? Yes. But I'm kind of, <laughs> clu- I get, I sometimes am very clueless. I feel like I'm pretty on it, but there are things where I'm like completely clueless. So you invested in Sugar Taco, but now you're also in a relief program where you are giving food to this one, like really hit me when you were taking on women and children of domestic violence. Yeah. No, I, every time I go there, I, I cry. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing I did when I joined Sugar Taco, I said, we need, you know, they already, they were already amazing. They had charity components already. Our, our children's menu, we are, every time you purchase something off the children's menu, we give a meal to a child in need. Every time you purchase a doggy taco, that all of that goes to a different animal charity per month. So that was there. They already had their charity components that I loved and what attracted me to the company. But I said, I want to do another one. And I have been really, really passionate about the homeless problem in Los Angeles and also specifically helping women and, uh, and children. So when I found this shelter in LA, it's called Good Shepherd. They house women and children who are impacted by domestic violence who had to leave and they needed a place to stay. And the first time I went there, I started crying because there's this, um, I'll send you the picture, but there's this huge wall with handprints from all the children that live there now. And because I, I couldn't go in to see the kids, it was during COVID, but just seeing the handprints and knowing that they're safe now, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, um, 
it's really special to be able to give back to them and and those strong women that left the situations that they were in oh so yeah so our food program is that uh we collect donations and then sugar taco or i personally will match it and double it and we'll bring the the vegan food to these shelters and i've even handed it out to people on the streets but i think the most I think the most help that I can do is to give it to these shelters and these, these women and children. You are truly a beautiful soul. Like you're, you're, you have a passion, you see a problem and you do the work. And I think so many people, I mean, I even am guilty of this at times where, you know, you know that something's wrong. You can talk about it all day long. You're actually doing something about it. And, you know, I, I've always, liked you even with our bumps in the road but i i'm like truly in awe of you thank you and the feeling is mutual well thank you jamie i'm telling you i read this bio and i've read a lot of bios i've had a lot of people on the podcast but this like really was like oh my gosh you've stolen my heart i'm sure you've taught a lot of my listeners a lot of things because i've just learned a lot i mean i just made a huge life change today a matter of seconds <laughs> that the whole damn family's vegan i do want to warn you though when when discussing these things i mean we, we can find anything on the internet to support any point of view that we want and you may get flooded with contradictory information as to what i've said and that's fine and i, I just want you to be aware of you know this is a very passionate issue for a lot of people and, you know, it means that they have to take some personal responsibility and personal change. And that's hard for a lot of people. Right. So you will get a lot of pushback. But if you just keep the animals in mind and that you're doing it for a greater purpose. Right. Even when you're if you happen to start watching the footage of, the, you know, what actually happens to these animals and the documentaries that I'm going to suggest it's heartbreaking. You will cry for the entire documentary and you don't have to keep watching it. You don't have to keep re-traumatizing yourself. But as long as you know what's happening, that's, that's good enough. And that you, you can take that fight to keep fighting for the animals, but it's not easy. No. And you know what? I'm, I'm glad you said that because that does happen. I mean, even when I talk about, you know, not supporting um, animals in captivity, I'm flooded with people and I just know like you know what you're I'm not the person for you right you know you got the wrong audience with me I want to thank you so much for joining me on the give them lala podcast you were amazing and now I know why everyone wanted you on the podcast thank you so much for having me Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.